time for re-engineering your finances with the founder of CP Weldy Group, Charles Weldy. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. A special edition of the show today. We're opening up the mailbag and answering questions from listeners just like you on a whole smattering of topics here today, Charles. We've got a lot of different angles to cover, so I am looking forward to this conversation with you today. If you'd like to submit a question to be featured on a future show, you can do that online at cpweldygroup.com or give a call and leave uh, your question on a voicemail at 610-388-7705. Got a couple of good ones to cover today, Charles, again, from all angles of the financial realm. Let's start out with Jerry. Jerry says, we have two daughters in their mid-20s. We're probably going to be paying for weddings for both of them soon. What's a good way to invest money for an expense like this? We'll probably need it relatively soon. We just don't know exactly when. Well, I guess what concerns me is what's relatively soon. Is it like one year, two years, three years? You know, So I'm going to assume relatively soon is... Uh, three years or, or within three years. So, per, per, perhaps there's a serious boyfriend in the picture for each of these daughters. So that's why they're thinking maybe this yeah. is uh, relatively soon. Well, you know, as a, as a parent who has three daughters, I know exactly where Jerry's at. But the reality of it is, is, um, you know, I wouldn't even take a chance of like, you know, trying to put money in the stock market and getting like, you know, higher returns. I would definitely put this in something that, you know, we know it's going to be there. It's not going to grow much at all. So that would be either a CD that could be a money market account, you know, just cash in a savings account making, you know, minute interest. I might go as far as like, you know, getting like a, a one, two or three year fixed annuity if I knew that, hey, you know, the, the wedding's not going to be but for, you know, two or three years. But by and large, you know, I forget who it was. Um, it was somebody said like, hey, I'm not... Uh, concerned about the return on my money as much as I'm concerned of the, about the return of my money. So in this instance, Jerry, I think you might be, you know, well, better served that, you know, just putting the money in cash and just you know, having it there for the, the weddings that hopefully will occur within the next two or three years. It is a uh, really good question, and I think that's uh, a great one to pose today, Jerry. Appreciate that. I think that was Will Rogers. Uh, who oh, said Will that, Rogers. Right? Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So Will right. Rogers quote. Yeah, uh, not interested in the return on my money as much as I am the return of my money. Yeah, that's a great one to bring up there. All right, uh, another question here from Kate. Again, if you've got questions, go to cpweldygroup.com to submit them. Maybe we'll feature it on a future edition of the Mailbag portion of our program. Uh, Kate says, "I have a catch twenty two. I have some Apple stock that I really want to sell because I've made a lot of money on it over the years, but I'm worried about the tax bill I might create when I sell. So what's more important, capturing gains or keeping taxes low? Well, I think taxes are a portion of your gains. So it's really what are your after-tax gains should be the question. But in Kate's example, like uh, it's not really a catch-22. I mean, the, the, um, I guess the question is what, what tax bracket is Kate in? If Kate's in the 12% tax bracket and basically they start at 10, it goes up to 12, then it goes up to 22. What Kate might not realize is that the capital gains tax when you're in the 12% tax bracket is a big fat zero. So the reality of it is it really depends A on her tax bracket, but let's just assume that she's in the 22% tax bracket where the capital gains tax rate is 15%. I would not be adverse to her selling, uh, you know, uh, the Apple stock, you know, reporting the 15% capital gain. And if she loves it so much, she can buy it back and establish a new basis. But uh, the reality of it is, is um, it sounds like she has like, you know, uh, well, it says some cat Apple stock. Um, it really depends on how much Apple stock she has. So if it's a major portion of portfolio, 
I would probably lean towards, hey, let's liquidate some of it or all of it. If it's not a major portion, then, you know, maybe I could um, maybe advise her to maybe like hang on to it a little bit longer. But it really depends on her tax bracket. Again, most people on this podcast that are listening to this podcast, they don't even realize that if they're in the 12 percent tax bracket, their capital gains tax rate is a big fat zero, which is really like, you know, fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And uh, something a lot of people could take advantage of. Just got to kind of bounce that. Never a bad thing to make money on stocks. So doing just if you're paying taxes and capital gains, it means you made money, right, Charles? Absolutely. So we shouldn't, shouldn't really view that as a bad thing. It just is is what it is. And we got to factor that into the equation. But uh, don't don't forsake making money just because the government's going to come take their slice. It's, it's going to happen whether you Absolutely. like it or not. Alec has another good question. We're hopping over to a topic of IRAs here. Uh, Alec says, our IRAs seem like they haven't made much money for the past two years. Well, especially with what's gone on maybe in the most recent terms. Is our broker just not paying attention to our accounts or what's going on? Well, I don't know whether uh, you know he has one lump sum that's in his IRAs and he's just watching the account bounce, or he's putting it in every like every other paycheck or whatever. But let's just assume that hey, he has an, an IRA account balance that over the past couple of years is relatively stable, hasn't grown. Uh, chances are he's probably diversified. Alex is probably diversified. And when you diversify, Walter, what you're really doing is you're giving up, you know, potentially higher returns because you have a little bit of everything. You know, you own like growth stocks, value stocks. You might have uh, international income. You might have domestic income. You might have large companies, small companies, what have you. But in a way, you know, being diversified is a good thing because you're going to capture, you know, a lot of the market gains. And when the market goes down, you won't get, you know, pulverized uh, if you're, you know, well diversified or you won't get as pulverized as much as I should say. Uh, so I would just say like, hey, you know what? It's not that the broker's paying attention. He doesn't have a magic wand. I mean, the reality of it is, if I was your broker and you're, you know, concerned about your IRA not making any money or, you know, kind of like laying flat, I would reevaluate what your risk tolerance is. How much of your IRA account do you have in fixed income? How much of your IRA account do you have in, in equities? And perhaps depending upon Alex's age, he might be better served having more money allocated to stocks than fixed income. And over time, it should perform, you know, a lot better. But again, like, you know, um, I wouldn't really worry about like, uh, I wouldn't assume that the broker's not paying attention. I would just uh, say that, hey, you know what, if, if I'm looking at what's happening in the market today, uh, most diversified portfolios are down, but the downs are temporary, the ups are permanent. So keep the faith, Alex. Another great question. Appreciate that one. All right. Michael is up next. Michael says, I have several old 401ks from companies that I used to work for, and I'm getting tired of keeping up with all these statements. Can I just combine them all in one account? Or maybe the question is, should I combine them? Yeah, well, I would say, um, you know, 401ks and IRAs are, you know, pretty much the same instrument in terms of tax deferral. But if I was Michael, what I would do is um, his old 401ks, I would most likely consolidate all of them into one like rollover IRA. I would roll all the 401ks over to an IRA. Uh, the reason being is, you know, he would have probably a lot more investment choices in an IRA than he would, you know, at a company 401k because each company has their own provider. Um, and, you know, they might have a menu of, of investments, but they don't have the universe of investments that 
you know, Michael could um, find in maybe a um, an IRA account consolidating all the 401k. So I, I just think um, realistically having, a, you know, three or four accounts all over the place, you know, he, he's better served having one account, one investment philosophy, you know, one plan, one advisor. Um, and I think he's going to, you know, find more opportunities in terms of where he can invest that money being in a, a one IRA as opposed to three or four or five 401ks. It's a great point. Yeah. Consolidating never seems like a bad thing, Charles, even if it's just for the purpose of kind of like just making things easier to wrap your head around. Right. Sometimes it's just simplifying helps us see things more clearly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah no doubt. All right. Freda has a good question here. Freda says, I've heard from some people uh, advertising that they can teach you ways to avoid paying taxes in retirement. This sounds like a scam to me, so I haven't looked into it. Uh, do you know what it's all about? Is this, is this just marketing, Charles? Well, uh, I don't think it's really like avoiding taxes in retirement. Um, I mean, you can probably get to the 0% tax bracket in retirement, but it's going to necessitate looking at your current situation and maybe prepaying. That's the key word, prepaying your taxes. And I always go back to a story that someone shared with me that, hey, if you were a farmer and you were planting a, a seed, you know, um, and you went into the general store to buy the seed and at the counter, the, the clerk says, hey, Charles, do you want to pay tax on the seed today or do you want to defer paying tax today and pay tax on the harvest tomorrow? As a, a general answer, I would definitely pay the tax today so that all the growth would be tax free. And that's really like what a lot of these marketing programs and or advertising are telling people is like, hey, you have a silent partner in Uncle Sam and you might have a million dollar retirement account, but the million dollars isn't all yours. Maybe 25% of that is the IRS's. And uh, you might be better served looking at, you know, a strategy over the next like five, six, seven, 10 years to minimize your tax burden in retirement by accelerating your tax payments in the present. So uh, that's kind of like the, I guess, the synopsis of what's happening today. Most people are blinded, their head, heads in the sand about their future tax obligations. And most people agree that taxes will be higher in the future. So if that's the case, why not pay tax on the seed today and enjoy the, um, you know, the harvest, the growth of the harvest tomorrow in a tax-free fashion? Good points. All right, last one here, Charles. Again, if you've got questions you want featured on a future show, you can go to cpweldygroup.com and submit those online. Uh, Margaret says, I'm worried about my kids. They're in their 20s, and I'm just not sure they're going to have the same economic opportunities that I had. My parents didn't leave me an inheritance, so I've never planned to leave one either. But should I be rethinking that to make sure that my kids have some help later in life? Well, this is like kind of close to my heart because I come from a big family, Walter, and I have 10 brothers and sisters. And my, my mother was a homemaker. My dad basically, you know, was a blue collar worker, didn't make tons of money, but, you know, he made an honest living. And all my, myself and my 10 siblings, we all went to college. And I never forget my parents said, Hey, you know, invest in your education because at the end of the day, they can steal your car, they can steal your wallet, but they can't steal your education. So I would say to Margaret, hey, Margaret, you know, like, you know, are, have you, you know, done your best to make sure that your children are getting the education they need and deserve to make it in the world today? And, you know, realistically, uh, if, you know, they, they have or they haven't, and she, um, is at a point in life where, hey, you know what? I've got enough money where I can maybe give them an inheritance. I would consider, and I don't know Margaret's age, but I would consider like, hey, how much do you want to give your kids? 
um, let's buy a life insurance policy uh, and make sure that the kids, what they get is going to be A, guaranteed and B, tax free. So um, it might be an easier way to take care of the kids and make sure that their you know, future is a little brighter by buying a life insurance policy, having the kids as beneficiaries and just allocating a portion of Margaret's income and or assets to funding that policy and then giving her permission to maybe spend the rest. Great points across the board for all of these questions, Charles. Thanks to all of the question askers as well. Now, if you have a question, you don't have to have it publicly featured here on the show. You can also ask that one-on-one to Charles and the team at CP Wealthy Group. So if you want the guidance of a certified financial planner, the founder of CP Wealthy Group, Charles Weldy. Pick up the phone, give him a call, 610-388-7705. You can set up time to meet for a complimentary review of your financial plan. Come in, have a conversation, see what's the best way forward for you to get to and all the way through retirement with success. Uh, See what you're doing right now with your plan, what kind of tweaks and changes might need to be made. It all starts with a simple phone call at 610-388-7705. Or if you prefer getting in touch via the web, you can go to cpweldygroup.com. That's cpweldygroup.com. Charles, thank you so much for all the help on the show today and answering these listener questions. And we'll look forward to another great conversation with you soon. My pleasure, Walter. All right, that's Charles Weldy. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll see you again next time right back here on Reengineering Your Finances. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors, PCA, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Registration as an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The CP Weldy Group and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice.